Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Tom Jones, Mr. Hockey Guy, Mr. I Spend My Life Following Around NHL Teams from Minnesota to Tampa Bay, both as a <laughs> columnist and a beat writer. Tell me why, going into Game 6, if you're a Lightning fan, of course the fans are fans, right? they're going to they're gonna latch on and say everything's rosy, but you know me, I'm the glass half empty guy, <laughs> okay? So I'm watching them go down to Florida with a 3-1 lead, right, in the series. And there's this 20-year-old kid. Let me emphasize that. He's 20. I got Barely ties. 20, by the way. Right, just Barely turned. 20. Just, just turned 20. I have ties that are 20 years old. I promise you I do. <laughs> um, and from Boston, he's the one, two, no, third goaltender for your Florida Panthers, okay? In his first postseason game, he's only, I think he's, he, you know, I think he played four during a year, whatever. So... They go to their third goaltender and sit their $10 million a year guy, Bobrovsky. And within 50-something seconds, the Lightning are up one nothing. Right. Now, there's a lot of hockey left. I get it. Okay? But the Lightning were, were dominating that period. And, you know, lesser men would have cracked at that point probably. Nonetheless, tell me how in the world you allow this guy – to stop 36 straight shots and lose going away 4 yeah. to 1 in an elimination game for Florida where you could be sitting home now, you know, healing up and I don't know, having a nice steak dinner instead you now have to I mean, look, they they've got some house money here. There could be a game 7 and they would still be playing in it. But by the same token, let me assure you, they better end this series you know, today or tonight, because if they don't, I'm just curious, like this, could this be a bigger gag than, than what they had in Columbus? Wow. That's what that wasn't expecting that question. You I know right out of left field. You took a route. I zigged and then you zagged. <laughs> you took a route that I wasn't expecting. I know, and asked a long the question that I don't have an answer to. It was a long one, but you could take, no. you could, just what'd you think of that? I mean, I thought yeah. this, this series has to be end right now. Like it, it you, needed, you needed to end that series four games to one. Well, yeah, okay, let's start here, and this is the, the old cliche. The other team's on scholarship, too. Like, the other team is really good. That's a good hockey team that they're playing. You can make an argument they're a better team during this season than the Lightning has been. They, they, they finished, finished ahead of them, yeah, yeah, okay. I do think the Lightning is a better team. Here's the thing about that goalie, and I thought the kid played really well in that first period after he gave up that early goal, which no goalie on the planet would have stopped, by the way. No, 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 it wasn't but, on him, but... I'll be honest, Rick, I watched that that game, and in the second and third period, I wasn't real impressed with the Lightning's play. I, Not I at didn't all. Think that goal, I didn't think the Spencer Knight had to be spectacular after no. the first period. They had The Lightning had that one power play where they had like seven shots on goal. It didn't feel like seven, to be honest, but they had yeah. good pressure, and he made a couple nice saves on that one. And it's Stamkos, a couple one-timers, which he was waiting on. Um, but 
No, Rick, I, I think I think it was that was an example of one team that was a little bit more desperate than the other team. And, you know, the NHL playoffs, they're so funny, Rick. I've watched them for years, and I don't know of any other sport. Maybe fo- football could be. You, you cover football, so it feels the same. Sort of the overreaction Monday. After every game, you're either the greatest team in the world and you're going to win a cup, or, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. You're never going to win again. Biggest choke job ever. And that's what happens in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, the teams go that back. That makes and- me a great hockey fan at this point that I can relate to all the people that do that because – I don't know. I mean, and, and you're right. You've said this about hockey to me many times, that there is no momentum that carries over to the next game. I don't think so, no. That it really doesn't matter what happens the day before because every game is entirely different. Having said that, here's the thing. and The Lightning have a ton of experience, right? They've, they've, they've won a Stanley Cup. They've been to the finals. They've, they've, they've got all the bruises, all the scars, all right. the scar tissue. All right? So – you're sort of buzzing around dominating the first period. You have a goal. And then you you lose discipline in the sense that you play into the Panthers' hands and you end up on the power play for three three you know, like three three times over the next ten minutes. And so that kills your momentum, even though you kill off some of those Oh, you mean uh, Florida goes on a power play. Florida goes on a power play. Yeah, yeah, you're the lightning. But I mean you played into their hands by taking by getting in the box, by putting yourself yeah. in a position where they're calling penalties on you and now you're in the box. And so whatever momentum you had in the first period is kind of gone, yeah. even though you could argue, well, when you kill off a power play, that's momentum. No, it's, it, mm. it, it, it sort of it stopped their flow. You know what I mean? Yeah, they even were, I think even John Cooper said so after the game. Yeah. It, 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 it broke up their momentum, yeah. Now, I know sometimes things happen, right? I mean, you know, sometimes your stick gets in weird areas or, or, or what have you. But it just seems to me that Florida's – best chance maybe their only chance might have been you know just that right um you know to 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 get the power plays to you know stop the momentum the lightning what have you and then after that it just felt like they were chasing the game i mean they never really you know they 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 just never really generated any kind of offense you know through the neutral zone there's a lot of possession time on behalf of florida it was a bad game, and yeah, after they, after Florida made it three to one, I was watching that game, and I never had a feeling at that point the Lightning was going to come back. Even though they've proven in the past they can, that game felt like Florida's pretty much from the moment they tied it. To me, it did. It just didn't think the Lightning played they didn't, they didn't well enough. But I also, again, I, I'll give credit to Florida. I think Florida's pretty good. I do and, too. Oh, I think they're good, and I think that's. I think they had as much to do with it as anything. Look, Game Six is it a is it a Sort of do or die must game win. for the yeah you know is it a must win knowing that you have a game seven look I covered the the when the Lightning played in the in the two thousand and I know they're different teams although a lot of the players are the same but I remember covering the Lightning team when they went to the Stanley Cup final against Chicago mm-hmm. the series before that they win a game two nothing in New York to win game five coming back home for game six and lost and lost badly badly yes, lost yes and I I said I remember because we were doing radio at the time. I remember saying this series is over. There's no way they're going up to New York and winning this game. And I think Henrik Lundqvist, he was the goalie for the Rangers. I think he had a like a, an unbelievable record in Game Sevens at home yes. and this and that. Yes. And, there, and they went up to to, the, to New York and won two nothing. And Bishop was great, and Lightning yep. was great. Yep. So I, I I have I've given up predicting. I think I heard a stat the other day. Pretty sure this is right. Uh, the Lightning actually under John Cooper have a better road record in the playoffs than they do at home. 
I think that's which, true. Which is hard to believe. You wouldn't I think, think that's that would true. Be. Yeah. So, so I'm not going to say it's a do or die game, but yeah, it does feel like you don't want to go back to Florida for a game seven, particularly with the crowd down there. The crowd there, not the crowd in Florida made a difference a little bit. Sure, um, it did. I, I, you know, there are a couple of things that concern me, Rick, and and one is defensively. I don't like what I'm seeing a lot from the Lightning. I don't think Victor Hedman's 100. percent Oh, he's not. He's not I think, close. I think Mikhail Sergachev. He's making mistakes that you expect 22 year olds to make, but not this 22 year old or however old he is. He he feels like he's that somebody needs to let him know, like, hey man, we're in the playoffs now. Like, knock off the yeah, you know, the, the stupid stuff. Well, mm-hmm. just like jumping into plays and you know acting like it's a game in November when it's actually a game. That, right. you know, where every shift matters, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, I think, and I thought some of their other defensemen are, you know, just, I don't think they're strong defensively as they've been in years past. And then, um, you know, I, I do I do think there's a, they need to be careful. They need to be more disciplined. And, uh, we saw it out of Florida. Now, there was a game a couple of games ago. I'll be honest with you, and this is not going to make me popular. I thought a lot of people overreacted with the way, with the way Florida played. I I thought the hit on Sergachev was completely okay. I didn't have a problem with that. Really? I didn't have a problem with that hit what at all. What about whacking the guy in the back of the knee? Okay, with, that well, one, yeah, that's a dirty play. Although, again, I'm not, again, I've never, somebody's going to say, well, you stand there, let me hit you in the back. Like, I was surprised, and I'm not, I'm not saying Kuch, Kucherov was faking at all. I think he was really hurt. But I was surprised that, that he went down as bad as, as hard as he did. Like, it didn't seem like vicious, like a vicious two-hander. But it was dirty. Don't get me wrong. It was a dirty play. But the other stuff, like there was a hit in front, like right by the goal. I can't remember who got knocked down. I didn't have a big problem with that. And and the big thing was Sergachev. I thought it was was an okay hit. Uh, Mm. I I was fine with it. But we saw in game – I don't know if you noticed it, Rick, in in the game the other night in game game five – there were moments where stuff was starting to break out in front of the net, and every Florida. There was one scrum I noticed in front of a goal, pushing and shoving. You're waiting. Here we go, and every Florida player skated away. Everyone. Yep. And it was clearly uh, something kicked into their brain. The message was sent. Yeah. It was almost not- like it was almost like Naked Gun, where Reggie goes, "I must kill the Queen," and just walks away. That's what <laughs> that's what it felt like. I get, there was a chip in everybody's head, and they're like, "All right, skate away, right. skate away." The lady's going to have to get that chip in their head. And I was really yeah. here. I'm going to go off on a little side tangent here with what uh, Pat Maroon did at the end of the game. He got he got a pretty good fine. I, this idea of we're going to send a message in the yeah, last is, 10 is, seconds what, of a game. Did, where did that come from? I don't way? know. It's been around for decades. It's nothing new. And we've seen it before. And, I, and you see it in early in series where. You know what that message is, though? You know what the message is? We lost. Yeah. And now we're going to do something stupid. You kicked you know our I mean? butt. We're going to let you know we can't. You're not going to run us. Well, no one's expecting. No one. You, what you think Florida's like? Oh, we got them now. They're going to give up. They know you're you're showing up for the next game. This right. idea and and every team Florida did it in previous games. I get it. Like every team does it, but I, every I think it's stupid. And I'm a huge NHL fan. I love hockey. This thing bugs me to no end. This idea we're going to send a message. You got your ass kicked for 59 minutes and 50 seconds. But now in the last 10 seconds, you're going to show them by doing something that takes no talent to right. do, right. which is, you know, they drop the puck and, and Maroon. And that's the other thing. Maroon goes after the, the, the whoever he went after. 
And then you're waiting for all kinds of stuff to break out. That's when people get hurt, potentially. Yeah. I don't need to get a team. I don't need to get one of my line mates or somebody, you know, one of my defensemen hurt in a scrum over something stupid. It doesn't even matter. Because by, as you mentioned just a few minutes ago, and I agree with you, Rick, I don't think momentum carries on from game to game. So when they drop the puck tomorrow night or tonight, I don't think it's going to be a case of, oh, remember Pat Maroon beat up somebody at the end of that game? Oh, like no one's remembering that. So this message sending stuff is dumb. I but do it, think the Lightning's going to win, but but they you don't want to go back for game seven. I agree. Maroon, though, I mean, if you're, you know, he's won two Stanley Cups now in a row. So, I mean, sure. obviously he, he does something for the teams that he's on. However, is that sort of his, I mean, does he does he take that as his adoptive role that I'm, I'm, I'm on the this badass? Team. I'm, yeah, I'm the on guy this team because they don't, the Lightning doesn't have a lot of that on this yeah. team. You know, he's, he's, he's not a traditional enforcer. He's not a, he's not a goon. He can right. play. Yeah. Uh, and he does a lot of things for your team. But I think he probably feels like, and look, let's be honest, like John Cooper sent him out there the last 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not like Cooper sent out Braden Point or Nikita Kucherov or Steven Stamkos. Now maybe he's anticipating Florida's going to do something. At that point, Florida's going to – they're going to skate away. They got the win. Why, why rile people up? Why get somebody potentially suspended? Sure. Or, you know? So um, I do think the light – Florida showed a lot of discipline, I thought, in game five. I think the Lightning will show more of it. In game six, and and that's what I would anticipate. Now, I, I think we're going to see fewer power plays. I think you know, as series get deeper, officials tend to call less and less, as long as you don't take advantage of it. I think Lightning has more individual stars like Kucherov, like Point, like Hedman, like Stamkos, um, that can than Florida does. But um, but when but you it's say that, some hard work. And, and I've always had this argument, like I didn't get, and I don't get it in a lot of, you know. I think that's true in general where whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever, that the deeper you get into the postseason or into a series, you know, the officials don't want to make a call that, that you know, has an impact on the game in terms of deciding it. So um, and I think that's universally true. Um, yes. However, with the Lightning in particular, and I don't know about this series because Florida and them are very similar in the way they play, but with the Lightning in particular, like that, that that's always been a thing, right? Like, so you're gonna let them play one way all year and protect them the way the rules say, um, and they're a fast team. You know, they're up and down the ice. So, and then when they get to the postseason, you're not gonna call things and completely screw up what what they've done to get there in the first place. Like, you know, no, it's I, not- I understand the point you're making, and it's a fair one. I I think what happens sometimes in these series where early in series the officials want to set a tone. They don't want guys getting getting too Take, carried away. And then the players yeah. right and then the players start to adjust. So mm. I actually think what happens in these games is is players start to start to play closer to the rules the rest of the way. Yeah. Because everybody's afraid to take a penalty. To you don't want to be that guy, yeah. You don't want to yeah, you don't want you don't want it, especially you don't want to take a penalty like in your own zone, two hundred mm. feet from your own net, like a, mm. a lazy tripping penalty or whatever. But usually um, the officials will, you know, like you just mentioned, they, they don't want to decide the game. Typically what happens in these games, and you notice it as you get deeper into games too, or in overtime particularly, where officials are really low to call a penalty, it's if you create a scoring chance for yourself. In other words, if you trip a def- their guy in their zone, right. and all of a sudden you get the puck and you got a two-on-one, that's when they might be more liable to call something than if you're stopping to go on your own end, you know, mm-hmm. so 
Um, I don't know the game. You know, the other game they lost was was a game where they trailed and then they scored five goals in one period. Five. Yeah. Okay. And then they went and allowed three unanswered, including one on a power play, and and lost that game. Tom, I I'm listen. I'm convinced that if Andre Vasilevsky wasn't their goaltender, this might be a very very pedestrian hockey team. I mean, Kucherov coming back changes the dynamic. Stamkos, I guess, to some degree. I think Hedman is hurt. They definitely have their stars and Braden Point and others, but he just makes everything work. The way they play, the way they leave him hanging out to dry, um, the number of odd man rushes that he stops uh, more more so than he lets in. Having said that, I mean, they've given up some goals now. You know, oh, I, no it, doubt about it. I do believe he's the best goaltender in hockey, and I think that's the other reason I, I feel confident that Lightning is going to win at least one of the next two games. Mm-hmm. But but you're right. You, you, walk, you look at that game the other night, the, the other game that they lost in this series, mm-hmm. what was it, game, would game, that have been game three, right? Or, yeah, was it game three? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, what yeah the they game? were up 2-0, and they lost right. game three, I think. So, so, yeah, that game, I would say that, yeah, that, you look at that, that's not how you draw a playoff hockey. I mean, there's mm. <laughs> there's no script where you're giving up that many goals and giving up that many chances. I don't know that I'd go as, as far as to call them a pedestrian team, but they're not a great team without Vasilevsky. Yeah. You know, they're, he's, he's the, the sole reason, not the sole reason, he's the biggest reason why they'll win. And it's his, how, it's his talent that, that I think the Lightning sometimes gets a little lazy. I do yeah. think if they had a, a lesser goalie, and that that was their goalie from, you know, from like if if Vasilevsky were to get hurt tomorrow, or tonight, and and they somehow still won and then won the rest of the, you know, go moved on to the next round, they would have to change their style of play. They couldn't play the same way. Right. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And it, maybe that's a bad thing. You know, maybe it's you, you know, they remind me a little. I'm, and I'm not comparing the Lightning to the great Edmonton Oilers teams of the of the eighties. Cause they, mm-hmm. I'm talking, you're talking like one of the all time teams right. with Gretzky and Paul coffee and Yari Curry and Glenn Anderson and those guys. But Grant Fuhr reminds me, Andre Vasilevsky reminds me of Grant Fuhr who was their goalie. Grant Fuhr would give up five goals in a game some nights, but when you absolutely positively needed a save to win a game, mm-hmm. he was going to make the save. He played best at the critical moments and he never gave up a bad goal when it would kill you. And that's yeah. the way Vasilevsky is. He might give up three or four because of the style you play, but you never look. I've. It's been a long time since I've looked back at a playoff game and said, you know what, they lost because of Andre Vasilevsky. Mm. You know, that's at the, like the Pittsburgh Penguins the other night lost a lost a game because their goalie played putrid. And well, I, and I never feel that way ever about Vasilevsky. What an interesting contrast in this series alone that you have. Uh, Florida have, has used three goaltenders in the last <laughs> three games, including. A guy that they paid, you know, a ton of money to, right. um, and they're not happy with anyone until the kid got there, right? And Who's so good? I, Who, by the way, he's got pedigree. Somebody mentioned it's a perfect word. He's got pedigree. This kid, you know, he was a first round pick. He played, and I know it's not the Rick. I, I I'm a big believer in this that he played he played in the World Juniors and played for the United States and played a huge gold medal game. I think those games count, like. It's not. It's you're not. Yeah, you're not facing Nikita Kucherov for Steven Samkos, but the pressure of the game. Oh, is a relative big deal. to who you're playing that's and right. your age, absolutely. And that's absolutely. why I think when I, when it comes when I when we look at football players all the time, yeah. and certainly we've seen really good football players come out of 
bad uh, schools. Sp- yeah, small schools or mm-hmm. um, you know, like Miami programs. of Ohio, or not right. that there's a you know, but Ben Roethlisberger comes out of Miami, or you know, yeah. Carson Wentz comes out of North Dakota. But um, and we've seen really good players who who can't cut it who went to Alabama and LSU and Ohio State. Sure. But I do think there's something to be said for playing in big games and mm-hmm. and and having a history of of um, doing well in big games. Yeah. He certainly looked like, and I I didn't realize that goaltenders could smile through those masks. I know, right? Frankly, I never saw him, but that guy was grinning from ear to ear almost from the time the game started. Right. I mean, it was you know he was out there having a ball, and I think that's the way you have to approach it. I mean, after all, a lot of pressure, but it's still a kid's game that you're playing that you played on a pond somewhere your whole life. So sure, you know, good for him. It's a good, it's a great story. I mean, he was the story. You know, of of Game Five, there's no. I mean, if you're not that. a Lightning fan, if, you, if but if you were a hockey fan, but you weren't a Lightning fan, if you're somebody who's watching these games in Toronto or whatever, you'd have to. You why would you not root for that kid and say, of course, this would be an incredible story if this kid yeah. can knock off the Stanley Cup champs. Let me get back to the question you asked early on, though, Rick. If they were to drop the next two games, would it be worse than the Columbus? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know we have to think back like that Columbus. Sweep was devastating. It was cataclysmic. I mean, it, we to the point was. where, and you correctly said this, when they started the next season, you said doesn't matter. None, nothing they do will matter until they get to the postseason and have a chance to erase what just happened. And you were right; it didn't matter. And, and I it, always and, wonder what would happen if they had lost that whatever that was that seventy-five overtime game or whatever yeah, to start the right. playoffs. I mean, they lost that. Game. They lose that game, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh no, here we go again. We right. just played our guts out and and lost a heartbreaker. Um, I mean, that was that was a, a shocking development, right? Four straight to Columbus oh, yeah. um, after having tying for the best most points in NHL history, I guess. But, but if you have a three-one lead on Florida, and you're the defending defending Stanley Cup champions, and you bow out. And they they come back and win three in a row, four out of five. Yeah. Mm. No, it's when they took the two zero lead in there, and you start thinking about I don't care who you are, it's hard to beat anybody four out of five. It's hard to lose four out of five to anybody. Right, in any and that's sport. what would happen. Yeah. Now, look, they've lost once since then. You know, after since losing game three. I mean, oh, I, I understand. They're still they're, up three two here. But. They still are in the catbird seat. I mean, there's there, you would not trade places with Florida right now. There's no question about that. No, you'd rather be the Lightning. But, <laughs> but you know, talk to us at midnight tonight if they that's Florida. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like a game seven, Florida's ready for a game seven. They want a game seven. The mm. last thing the Lightning wants is a game seven. Right, you know. for a lot of reasons. All right, so uh, best of the weekend I had uh, yesterday when I was talking to Steve Versnick for me was Phil Mickelson at fifty, fifty years old. Phil Mickelson in the in the shape of his life, which is probably an insult to what he was prior to now, because now that he's in shape, is basically saying, "Yeah, you were kind of sloppy when you were in your twenties and thirties, maybe even your forties." Which he was. Which he was. I mean, he let's, let's be honest. Yeah, John Daly, um, but right. Well, yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't that, but he but he was he was on the wrong side of Svelte. Let's put it that way. Sure. Um, but now you know, and I'm convinced, as I said last night uh, with Steve or yesterday in the podcast, that the answer to every question uh, eventually is Tom Brady. You know, you used to play that game six degrees to Kevin Bacon or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, right. You know, that's kind of like the way it is with Brady because one year ago to the very weekend, 
Brady and Mickelson were partners playing Tiger Woods and, and Peyton Manning in, in the match, which was the only sporting event anywhere, you know, during the, the height of the pandemic and the first sporting event, even though there was no nobody at the course and no media and all of that. We watched all 18 holes of this celebrity thing. Um, but I'm convinced that, you know, Mickelson now inspired to some degree or so he says that Brady, you know, won a Super Bowl at 43 is like, oh, yeah, hold my beer. You know, or my milkshake, or whatever the hell he's been drinking all these years. Right. And basically, he goes out there and he wins. It was listen. I wasn't going to leave the TV. It would have taken a pretty good injury by one of my daughters before I would have gotten <laughs> up. Seriously, like, can you put a bandaid on that, or do I need a tourniquet? Right. If it's a tourniquet, I'm leaving. But otherwise, it's like that commercial where he's like the woman's feeding her cat or whatever, and she's mom. I fell. The kid goes, "Mom, I fell." She goes, "Get the bandages are in the cabinet, but I'm bleeding. Like, get two. Okay." <laughs> Exactly, but I wasn't. I wasn't getting up because I thought it was really good theater, and he and he pulls it off. Um, Real quick, let me ask you. So I didn't see the first few holes, but I was on Twitter. Well, the first I was hole was something. a disaster. And that's what I'm okay. That's what I'm getting to. Yeah. Went so he's got a one shot lead. Right. He bogeys the first hole. Kepka yeah. uh, Kepka birdies. birdies it. Yeah. And now and now at that point. I'm a hundred percent convinced. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a, you're going to watch a train wreck in action. Oh, and I thought it would, it would, yeah, in, within five holes he'd be trailing so bad right. that he'd fall off the. You know how they have this the the leaderboard, yeah, and they they try to put the better players on top even if they're tied with somebody. Right. I, I just said to myself, I go, how long before his name isn't even on that board? No, I was convinced at that point he's going to shoot a seventy nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, and not and end up finishing like it's going to be sad. It's just going to be sad to watch. Right, right. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no good result there. But then he keep came back and he birdied the next hole, and I think Kepka bogeyed, and you know, all of a sudden it was a you know. Two and shot no one else made and, a run. That was the that was the curious thing to me. Like I thought for sure, Ozenhazen well, was there for a little while, Louis. No, but, but like somebody would come out and shoot like a sixty-five, and right, all of a sudden right. go from like. Like, but did you like see even to to five under six under or whatever? See how hard that course was. Oh, I know. And how long it was. Yeah. Like you used to play. I know you were a big fan of the uh, par three executive courses. You <laughs> take out the driver and 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 bang it one hundred and sixteen yards for a hole in one. That's what what I was working in Pasco County. You used to uh, <laughs> as a high school writer. You know, hole in one hotline. Hole in one it. hotline. People would call in and yeah. say, "Yeah, I got a hole in one." Uh, yeah, Midge. Uh, got a, Mitch. it's a, it was, yeah, 123 yard, uh, driver, par three, yeah, three wood, yeah. So three wood, wow, yeah, three really, wood, wow, yeah. She, she yeah, got she, into she that would, one, she would, yeah, or, or yeah. the men too, don't get me wrong, the men would say, oh, thing. sure, Fred, Fred from uh, Zephyr Hills, you know, yeah. 152 yards, driver, yeah, absolutely, smashed it. And uh, okay, bounce, so you're watching bounce. this day, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no. so I'm watching this thing the other day, and the questions came up, and I started thinking a lot about it. So I'm going to give you, I, I almost want you to rank them. Okay. So when we talk about old guys, mm-hmm. um, so we got uh, Phil the other day winning at 50, winning the PGA on a, on a pretty tough course. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, age 43, winning the Super Bowl. Um, Tiger Woods coming back after all his trials and tribulations and all that uh, and winning the masters and Jack back. We have to go. We're going to go old school a bit. Jack at age 46, who winning the 86 um, masters. And at that time, Rick, when you think about it now, age 46, he seemed like he was 80 at the time. It just felt like it was the oldest guy. No one's, Oh my gosh. Can you believe a guy that old won the Masters? He was only 46. Um, 
So give me an order, t- uh, most impressive, to not least impressive, but I mean rank them. Um. Okay. I think number one's a no-brainer. Still. Well, I mean, I I, I think every everyone's going to say Tom Brady, and I get it. <laughs> Is that the guy? Yeah, it's got to yeah. be right. He plays professional well, football. At, that's at age the thing. 40, I mean, I, I I think I think the 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 physicality of that sport and and the fact yeah, that they, it's the, tackle football. Yeah. No. No one has. Well, it used to be. It's not really. No, anymore. but they still tackle you. If they can, if they, but they can only. Listen, there's a very small part of your body they can actually aim for anymore at the quarterback position. So, and they can't hit the receivers. So, you know, basically it's seven on seven. But not that aside. Okay, somebody um, asked me tomorrow, what do you want to go do? Play tackle football or go golfing? I'm going to go well, golfing. Well, and this is the thing. I mean, and, and let's just let's just talk about the sport. And I'm not I'm not hammering. I'm not here to hammer golfers because I, I listen. What they do, I've tried to play golf or at least hit golf balls is more what yeah. I more try to hit golf balls and. Listen, that sport is is one of the hardest the hardest thing to do. And in, in, you know, it was much easier to hit a baseball than a golf ball, which wasn't moving. You know what I mean? Like a baseball is actually spinning and turning, and and it's easier Coming to hit at one. You really fast, yeah. yeah, it's easier to hit one of those than it is a damn thing sitting on a tee and hit it where you want to. But that aside, what's funny about comparing you know golf and football and the accomplishments, and I think they're all great. But what are we talking about golf? I mean, like. Golf is what you do when you're old. Like, I, I was, you know what I mean? Like, I'm waiting to retire so I can start to play golf. You know, it's not like, hey, uh, I, you know, that game I'll tell you is for the young guys, man. It's like, no, when you when you get older, you're supposed to go out there and putt around and and and, and play golf. That's when you're supposed to be able to still do it. So now I know it's different with all the 25 year olds on the tour and you know guys hitting at 7,000 yards and all that. So I'm not minimizing it, but it's golf. You know. Um, and, and listen, I, what Brady did, I don't know that anybody will ever do it again, because I don't think people will pay the personal sacrifice you have to pay to play that game and that position that many years, 21 years, you know, he's been under center staring down the gun barrel of, you know, 330 pound men that want to kill him. So, you know, it, it, it takes a good amount of courage and, and physicality and luck and all those things just to for for a team to want you no one's ever no one's ever come close to doing what he's doing much less win super bowls doing it um so i think i think brady is number 1 this may surprise you i think what tiger woods did far exceeds what phil mickelson did what really did, what did what yes well, absolutely I, i'll tell you what let me just finish my thought okay let me tell you why and then you can disagree with me okay okay here's my thought it 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 exceeds it in this sense what did Phil have to overcome besides his age? What did Tiger Woods overcome? Um, everything, right? The man's back had been fused. He had had five surgeries. He was hoping to get out of bed so he could kick a soccer ball one day with his kids. Um, and, and then, you know, there's all the personal trials and tribulations, which are, you know, well documented that also led to some physical problems. I mean, no one thought the guy was going to play golf again, much less win a tournament much less win the Masters. And and you can say, well, that's the that's the one tournament he would have won. He, he won it more more times than other people. Yeah, you know what? So did everybody else have a chance to win that same tournament, and they play in it every year too. I, I just think that what, what Tiger Woods did, if you go back and look at the total perspective of it and say he wasn't supposed to be swinging anything, 
I think that is a greater accomplishment than Mickelson. And I think what Mickelson did was great. It wasn't Tiger Woods. I I hate to to say anything that like would disparage or somehow like try to minimize what Tiger did because mm-hmm. that I agree with you. All four of those things that we that we've put up for nomination here are incredible. They're all tremendous. And, yeah. Yeah. And so again, I'm, I don't want to minimize Tiger, but I think Tiger once he once he stood on the first tee in 2019, he had been through everything. But then he was, but he was back to being Tiger again. Like the back was healed. It, it was mm. incredible that it was healed, but it was healed. I mean, again. it was healed enough to where it was he could healed play. enough to where, where he could play again and, and all that. I I think Phil's next on my list. He's number two, and here's why I say that, Rick. And I. And let, let me be clear about this as well. I hate it when people who aren't professional athletes try to act like the, we know what professional well, we athletes don't have a clue. go through. We don't, we have, don't a have a clue. It no. goes back to the whole thing we talked about a few weeks ago about, you know, and even like making, like we'll make fun of Kiermaier for like the, you know, eyelash in his eye or whatever. Like that's funny stuff. But like when we, I will never call it, and you and I have had conversations about this. I will never call a player soft. I will never call professional athlete. Yeah, I never got that, you, by the way, like, in, no, especially like, in, the, in the NFL. Like, no, what? or hockey. Like, you got to be a brave, yeah, come on, full grown adult to play hockey. Yeah, okay? you do. And so, I don't. I don't want to sit here and say that I know exactly what Phil's going through, or I know what Tiger's going through. But I will say this, Rick, as somebody who is much older than Phil is now. That the difference between age forty three and fifty to your body. I think is 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 huge. I think once you turn fifty years old, and Rick, I was always a pretty decent athlete in terms of like going out and playing golf and jogging and playing pickup basketball and pickup softball. Your body physically changes. It and I don't think anybody, no matter how how prepared you are, no matter how much you work out and how much you prepared your whole life to play professional sports. You can't stop Father Time. I'm impressed that somebody at the age of 50 can do what Phil Mickelson does. There's no anecdote against age, I don't think. You know, we've seen guys. I mean, that's Tom, so that, Tom that's Brady, what I'm saying. Tom like, Brady has kicked Tom Brady, apparently. But I don't. The guy's Benjamin an, Button. I mean, he's from another him? planet. He doesn't yeah. even count. Brady's one, but I just, I just think, I think there's a huge difference between age 43 and age 50. I just. But tell me what's tell me what like in terms of golf. And I, listen, I don't play enough golf to really. I it, all it does is it's a, it frustrates me. That's what golf does for me. You know, you hit <laughs> yeah. you hit one shot out of in my case two hundred um, that you know you thought wow that was cool. Let me see if I can do it again. And you spend the next four and a half hours frustrating yourself because no, you can't do it again. But you'll go back out there at some point. Um, what's what's the harder part about it though? Um, is it the is it the physical physicality of it in that you know after 18 holes or four rounds or whatever you can't maintain you know your body's breaking down and it's going to start barking at you here and there or is it the fact that the mental grind of it after that many years uh, on the tour or just your age like mentally you're shot like there's not it's all the above i think you you hit it exactly yeah Mm. i first off the mental aspect to golf is is incredible. You can't give up on one shot. Not one shot. No, of course not. I mean, so Phil went out there the other day and hit whatever, 69 shots or whatever it was, or whatever he shot the other day. 73, 70, 70. something like right. that. Right. Every single shot you're bearing down like, and mm-hmm. it's an incredible uh, weight on you mentally. But I think physically it's 
look, it's not look, it's not professional football. It's not dig, it's not construction. It's not digging ditches. I'll say this though: you ever walked a course that far? Yes, yes. I'm not. Um, I mean, I've walked courses, and you swing in. Dude, and you're completely worn out by yeah, the time. At the end of the day, you're like, I'm I'm gassed. You know, yeah. you see Phil's face, right? It's all red from sunburn oh, he, and everything. It's yeah, like, he's got to go see a dermatologist. It's a, it's a long day. In I the thought sun. it was my TV. I kept adjusting it. I go, no, that's. <laughs> That's going to look like Tom Coughlin at the NFC Championship <laughs> game that one year. But exactly. It's, uh, I, a little zinc oxide on that nose, will you? <laughs> exactly. Jeez. But I also think, Rick, when you look at the other thing, and this is what, I mean, what Brady did incredible. Uh, but you start, when I start to think about, okay, what's, what was harder, what's impressive, it's okay, who else has done it? And I look at Phil like nobody, nobody else has done that. Nobody's won a well, match. Nobody, nobody I, won. Nobody won a Super Bowl at forty three either. No, right. Here's, and that's why I'm here's saying the thing he's about football, won. though. I can say about football real quickly is that and and look, I don't think anyone's going to match Brady and and certainly in the number of Super Bowls or what he did at that age. Who's to say though, right? I mean, athletes, you know, fifty is the new forty, and you know right, we're right. we're taking better care of ourselves. All this stuff. Then that's all true. But at the end of the day. He's one of 11 guys. Like, he's not out there by himself. In fact, there's an entire defense, right, that can score too. Um, so, you know, I watched him win an NFC Championship game where he completely stunk the second half. He threw three interceptions. And and if not for Aaron Rodgers, you know, not wanting to run the ball in or get close to the goal line on third down, and then the coach deciding to kick a field goal, um, maybe they win that game because Brady was bad. I mean, what are we riding if the Bucks right. blow that lead in the first half? So my point is, like, he didn't go out there and just win it on his own. The quarterback's always going to get the credit for that, and they, you know, they're the ones that talk after the game, and they have they're the only ones with the head coach that have a win loss record attached to their statistics. Um, but having said all that, let's not act as if he didn't handpick the best football team he could go to, uh, and have the and and then add more weapons on top of it. I mean, there's a reason all these other quarterbacks are ticked off because they see what yeah. what what the Bucks were willing to do for this guy, right? And he's great. I'm not. I've never seen anything like it. Like to to watch him close up in practice and to see how not a single guy wants to disappoint this man. It's incredible. I've never. I've never been close to. You know. I mean, there, I didn't cover Michael Jordan, obviously, and I didn't. You know, wasn't around for Muhammad Ali and you know that sort of thing. But this guy is as close to them as you could have in his sport, and it is a tangible difference. In just the reverence that they hold, the attention. He to took detail. a team, Rick, that doesn't. Now I, I realize he had a few guys who had won before Gronk, Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. but he he had a, a basically a team full of guys who had never done any winning. Never went to a playoff game, and they went to Washington and won, and then two mm-hmm. New Orleans and won, and two yeah. Green Bay and won. Yeah, that's that to me is is as impressive as anything, right? If you. I know it was COVID and there were fans weren't in the games and all I that. I think that was a factor. I mean, if you were going to do it, this was the year to do it or last year was the year to do it. So, but it's still at the end of the, at, you know, when you get right down to it, when you're, it's third and six, you know, right. you're still playing against another team. <laughs> right. The, you know, I, no, I was I, blown away by that. So I think incredible. Brady's one, I think for me, Nicholson, just because of the age, at, I'll at say that Tiger. Age, and then, two, and then Tiger, and then Jack. At, and then at probably Jack. At la- I mean, I think the further we get away from, you know, 1986 and realize that he was 46 and not 64, right. even though he may have looked it. Now, the thing about Jack is I don't think he could see the hole. You know, that was the one. <laughs> he had his grandson on the bag or something like that, and he was actually telling him where it was, <laughs> how far it was. 
Seriously, like he was in Caddyshack, like hit it that way. Yeah, yeah he was. He was actually, uh, you know, credited with uh, with pointing him towards the hole. But didn't it feel then like it, like that jacket? You remember that? Everybody tournament. felt it older. It felt back like then, everybody though, was a hundred years old. I mean, think about six. I mean, Holy think about baseball players that we used to watch that were, you know, not old at all. That I mean, we always go back to it's always it always comes back to this actor, right? Like Wilford Brimley was. Like younger than Phil Mickelson when he did Cocoon, right? You know, yeah, what I mean? same like was, or the same age as Tom Cruise. The same Tom age Cruise as Tom jumping Cruise. off of buildings and yeah, Mission Impossible. Dude, Mission Impossible. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the dude just looked old. But but you know, athletes looked different back then. Golfers looked different back then. The TVs you watched them on looked different back then. <laughs> That's true too. I think HD is what's gotten everybody in in good shape. To be honest with yeah, you, they just don't want to look bad on television. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it adds ten pounds, but but I mean, it's it, it's incredible. And do you? Th- I wonder. Do you think we'll start to see more athletes, Rick? Uh, and I'm well. While I'm, I just thought of this as I was talking, I guarantee you, Tiger Woods was watching this and thought to himself, and I, and hopefully, hmm. who knows what condition he's in in terms of his right. legs and all that. Well, well yeah, it's not you know, good, but it, yeah. may, it might be a case where it, it'll never happen. But if it can, I'm telling you, he got motivated by watching. By watching what what Phil did, I guarantee it. Because he thought Phil can win it at fifty. Shoot, I can do this. I tweeted out that you know Brady's going to play to his fifty one now. He's going to try to win one, and it's not even the same. It's not even the same sport. He didn't care. Like you know, look at this guy. So yeah, I mean that's and that's the that's just how rare those guys are are wound. It's hard to describe to people that like a guy as successful as Tom Brady with as much as he's done in football with the beautiful family, the supermodel wife, all the money in the world, you know, why are you spending your time playing a game that hurts? You know, like he just had off season knee surgery and it was, he says fairly serious and you know, he, he's having to rehab and do all these things. Like it, it's not the money and you've got pretty much a ring for every finger on your hand like undisputed, is, but undisputed greatest quarterback that's ever. Not played. even a question. And and no for one those, can make a good and now for it. those that thought maybe it was Belichick and not Brady, he also erased that as well, right? Um, because now everybody's going to say, "Aha, Bill!" Until you win one, then it, we know we all know it was Tom Brady. But like, what would make you go through the off season of pain and uh, in a regular season and all of that just just to try to keep playing and. I know you. I know he enjoys it, and I know once you put the, t- the keys on the table, you can't pick them back up again. But it, it's just incredible to me. But those guys are just wired so differently, you know. And Mickelson said it. He goes. He he thought he had an epiphany um, a couple weeks ago, and you know, even after winning this tournament, he goes, "Look, he goes, I'm I'm you know realistic enough to know I may never win another golf tournament like that, let alone a major like that. This could be it for me. This is very likely." The, the crowning achievement of my career, right? The cherry on top. He goes, but by the same token, he goes, I kind of found out some things that, I don't know, maybe I go on a little run here. You know, that's that's what's interesting is that still tweaking, whether it's his breathing or, you know. You, <laughs> they're still looking for that little something. They're that looking maybe for I that do, little yeah. bit. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I can change this and, it, you know, I can come back and do this a little better, but I can give up that. And I just think what it came down to is, like, he was always the guy that, like, you know, do you think I can reach the green from here? Watch this, you know, and, and and I think for the for at least the eighteen holes I watched, he did not try to go for too much. He he tried to play smart 
and he tried to put himself in good positions on you know on and around the greens and when he got in trouble he scrambled and he, and he wasn't like you know taking out the fairway wood you know right. um so i i just i think i you know again like with most sports the older you get you have all the knowledge but physically your body can't do it anymore but for these guys who have kept themselves in decent enough shape he can still hit it i think he hit a drive downwind 380 something yards the longest drive of the entire tournament yeah. So he can still, you know, he can still hit the ball a long way, which is what, you know, usually goes when you're an older player. Well, you talk about the motivation too, Rick, and I would I would bet you that Phil Mickelson this tournament winning this PGA Championship meant more to him than any other tournament that he's ever won. And I wonder, I would love including to ask including the including his first major or yeah, maybe. Masters. And or? I and you ask I wonder if Brady looks is more satisfied with this Super Bowl than any of the other Super Bowls he's he's won. Because I'm telling you what, as far we look at this, as great as both of these guys are, Rick, especially Phil, when you look at, at Mickelson's career, he's had a fabulous career. He goes down as Hall of the, Fame career. Hall, yeah. yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But I think we think of, we'll always think of him a little bit differently, a little bit better now. Because I think I think the, the, the thing with Phil was great golfer, Hall of Famer, you know what? Probably should have won a couple more majors than he did. Well, yeah. Because well, well, he had his chances and he blew them. Yeah, but I think okay. now you look at it and go, huh, you know what? Give him credit, man. Guy came back and won at age 50. And the same <sighs> thing with Brady. I think you look at Brady, like it was impossible, I thought, to look at Brady with any more reverence than we did before last season. Oh, and no, now, no, no. Yeah. And now we, now we do. Like I think it's even more incredible. Like he took this, it to another level. I said this during the season, like, it, unless you were from New England, and I mean the 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 few states that make up like Rhode Island and Massachusetts and those states, unless you were from there, you may have admired what Brady did, right? Chances are you didn't really love him. You didn't really like him. Like there was something about him. Was like, yeah, but he's got Belichick, and you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, Joe Montana was pretty good, and it's a different type of football. Yeah, and he cheated and this all. Yes, yeah, Spygate. I mean, you could rationalize. Seriously, you could rationalize a lot of reasons System not to like. Yeah, Tom Brady. Like he's not. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's won these games. However, um, but when he came to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, where nothing good happens, where they hadn't been in the playoffs in twelve years, where they hadn't won a playoff game in eighteen since they won the Super Bowl, when he came here. He was his whole being was, you know, being out in New England, being freer with him with himself in terms of social media, the Tommy and Gronky show, all of that. He was endearing. He became, I think, all of that was sanitized. All of that that people tried to attach to him, that stain was wiped away. And you know, no one, I think, probably people were like, "Well, he may win one. I, I don't know. He's going to win it, but he may play. He may be okay. But I, I don't see how." He, and then when he wins it. It was. It just added. It made him a mythological figure as opposed to just a legend of the game. He now I, has. I think people who mythology. hate him. People who hate him. I'm not saying they don't hate him now, but I think but they got to give it the up. The haters threw up their hands and go, "Okay, I give up." Yeah, that yeah, guy. You it's win. I mean, you win. That's it. I'm not. I'm not going to make the argument anymore. Like I can't. Right. There's. There's. I. You know. Before that, I could say, "Well, you know, Joe Montana and the, the way the football was different, and you know, you cheated two of those and." You know, whatever. Um, you can't say that anymore. And up close, no. and that's why they keep playing, Rick. I think that's why they keep playing because they they it means so much to them. And Tom Brady probably looks at it and goes, "I'm 43. My life is half over. 
Right. Or the way he eats and, you know, doesn't drink. Well, yeah, who knows? But, his life might be a third over at this right. point. The guy's going to live until he's 120 something, 140. But they're different. They're wired different. Yeah. So, but I think that I bet you they appreciate these championships at least as much as any other championship they've won. Yeah, and I think it's because they recognize that it's probably the last one. You know right. what I mean? And it was or that so, no one thought they would win this. No one year. thought they would do it. It's so un, un, unexpected, you know, in a right. sense. I mean, he had not been in a top twenty in I don't know how long. You know what I mean? Finished in any tournament in he the top. He was on 20. the leaderboard on Friday, Rick, and I looked at it. I'm like, all right, don't. I've always liked Mickelson a lot, and I looked at the leaderboard on Friday. I'm like, don't get excited. This ain't gonna mm-hmm. happen. He's gonna come out. To, he's gonna come out on Saturday and shoot a 77. That's There's what Phil magic. was also saying to himself, <laughs> after, especially after the first hole when he bogeyed. So, yeah, that we all believe that, and yet he pulled it off, and it was it was great theater. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. So what we got going on at uh, Pointer org? Oh, lots of lots of stuff going on. Interesting media, sports media story. Have you seen this about the New York Times and Athletic? No, I New have York not. Times, the New York Times thinking about buying the Athletic is the really? word. Yeah, well, I don't know what it means yet. It's still very early. Is that why they were selling the Athletic subscription for one dollar a oh, year? I know, I saw that the other day. So, mm. uh, but uh, Axios is Sarah Fisher, who's a fabulous media writer. Um, Can the New York Times afford the Athletic? Oh, apparently. Yeah. Really? I I have no idea what the athletic I think they're just kicking tires at this point, but hundreds of let that, me just let me give you a little clue. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. That's what's going to sell. Has for. It. I think the Times Many has Many hundreds, it. like maybe more than 3 or 4. I think they have that even in the cushions of their couches at this point. Really? Well, they they have like a bazillion subscriptions, you know, so The millions. New York Times. New York Times. Wow. So I think they like the And that's idea. a new that's a newspaper, right? Well, or website, or d- digital site. It's yeah. got it's got nationwide subscriptions. I, worldwide sure. subscriptions. Worldwide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean they're doing fine, but yeah, they're looking into it. I don't know what it means. I mean, I, apparently, according to this, to the Axios story, they're they're uh, checking into the business model. They're checking into the culture of the athletic, and and I, I thought Axios they're really interested was, in the subscription. Wasn't Axios going to be a, the, an outfit that, that was, was a mer- more of a merge? They were talking about merging, merging. but okay. I think I don't think apparently that didn't get super far. But now the Times is not interested in a merger from from the Axios story. So they would uh, just own every property. They would, every they would buy it. They would own it. Now what wow. that means for would they be run separately? Would it be would they downsize? The, you know, would it be part of the Times? Would it become the Times Sports section? Basically, no one knows. Yeah, so that's that's one of the uh, very cool. Yeah. So and well, the Rays lost, right? The Rays. Yeah, the eleventh the eleventh yeah. game winning streak is over. Um, two to one. It was a uh, you know one of those games they just didn't get anybody on. Rich Hill pitched fabulous. I was watching at one point. Rick, it's it was been good the, for a minute, hasn't he? He's been pretty I mean, good for a long. time. Time. He had pitched. He had th- I think about these numbers. This is the the, the most bizarre numbers with, in my mind for a, a, that a pitcher I've seen this year. He would pitched. He would thrown seven innings, eighty-eight pitches in seven innings, which is really efficient. But yet yeah. he had thirteen strikeouts. 
through yeah, that really span. Weird. That's a real, yeah. usually you would think that he had had some with 88 pitches. He had had a couple of like, you know, four pitch innings or something like that. But no, mm-hmm. he was, you know, he was at least, at least throwing nine pitches uh, in an inning when you had a lot of three pitch size. strikeouts is what yeah, he had. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So no, nah, he was, he was really good. And it's a shame they wasted a, a start like that, but you know, they don't seem to hit at the trop for whatever reason. Isn't that weird? Like they, they seem to struggle, you know, at home more than they do. When I think they, go they on should the check in that to those to playing in Dunedin. <laughs> oh, I think man. it worked out well. Boy, that that's band, was... that's a band box, isn't it? <laughs> and it's wind's funny, blow, I... wind's always blowing out. Oh there. my gosh! You I... played there, right? You played there as a grown well, up. Well, that ele- you know that elementary school, whatever, is still right behind left field, right? There used to be home runs bouncing off those playgrounds all the time. I was to say you probably you, know? pl- you probably played a ton of games there growing up. I played a lot of games, both in Legion ball and high school. Yeah, yeah. And they used yeah. to have the Dunedin tournament and all that stuff. That was remember the Dunedin Easter tournament. Yeah, it was a big deal. You sure know, played was, high school yeah. ball there, and yeah, no, that was. Of course, it's gone through about twenty five renovations since then. Right. But the property still sits on the same place, and they still recognize the elementary school in left field. <laughs> I mean, they there was some balls just launched there, you know. But that, that wind, it was an unusually. Sort of a windy, you know, weekend or whatever. When, yeah, um, well, that was a fun series to watch. Yeah. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So not for Toronto fans, but no, not at all. And now they're off to to Buffalo. I I said this to Steve the other day, and I'll let you go. But the um, the notion, and I know it's not the same thing because these teams are are from you know their fan bases are actually in another city, Toronto, right. uh, with the case of the Blue Jays and the Raptors. But if you want to see sort of like from a human side. How difficult I think it would be to have a, 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 to play for a team that does not like that is in two cities, even though they they'll be claimed to be their home cities. Just take a look at 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 the two Toronto teams that have had to try to do that. I think it's I think from a human standpoint, it it would be such a competitive disadvantage that it's not even funny that you you would literally feel, and I don't care whether you were in in Tampa Bay or Montreal or you're in Las Vegas and some other city, you would never feel like you were at home. You, no. I mean, what, what's home? I mean, you know, like half the season, you come down to Tampa in February, and you just everybody leaves after spring training, and you're still here. So you feel like, well, we didn't leave. Everybody else went away on spring training, went home. We didn't go home. Then you get to around June or so, and you're going to go pull up stakes. We're going to another another city in Canada or wherever, and you're not going to feel home there either. I got news for you. So competitively, you know, you have 162 road games. In my opinion, I agree. Like. I said I mentioned this to somebody the other day that I actually felt like the that the Jays are at a disadvantage this season. Totally. It's I don't know where they're most of these guys are living. I don't know if they're renting condos or or that's you know. It wouldn't matter, right? But I mean, it's like, not. Yeah, you're not. You're 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 never. It doesn't feel like your house. It's not like living no. in a house. You know, t- twenty minutes from the stadium or wherever you live, and some may Toronto. you know may have bought homes down here as many Yankees have because this is their spring training home. So their full time residents could be. I don't know. Those kids are so young. They have so many young kids. I know Bichette's from here, right? Know, kinda, but you know, um, Not back in the day though, like a lot of Blue Jays, you know, had homes. I just don't know and... that guys do that anymore. I don't. No, you know, I don't know. I that's a really young team, so I. I'd be nervous, especially with the way baseball is these days, where guys switching teams all, so often. All the Yankees lives in Tampa. I know that they all yeah, you know, from but Jorge I just Posada I think it would be uh, yeah. But I mean, those guys were Yankees forever. Like I, yeah. I just think it would be. 
I agree with you, Rick. I, I, I think it would be a really disadvantage to not feel like you're ever at home. And no matter how nice they fixed up that Dunedin Stadium, I don't, I don't, not I don't know what it's like no. compared to what it, what it was in Toronto with the clubhouses in Toronto. But I had to everything laugh. has. You have to feel like you're playing a road game every game. You know? Yeah, they, I had to laugh. There was uh, there was one. There was a pop up or a fly ball, and somebody was made the comment that like, well. You know, in a major league ballpark, there's three levels of of seats. So the ball, you're not going to lose it in the high sky. And I'm thinking, I played baseball my whole life, and I and and there was rarely anything above a 12 foot bleacher. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you lost the ball because there isn't like three banks of seats up there? Like, come on. That well, it's funny, Lou, Lou Pinella. We used to talk to Lou Pinella during spring training when he was managing the the old Devil Rays, mm-hmm. and we'd ask him about some young kid, you know, who was tearing it up in spring training and. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I remember the first year, like Carl Crawford and Rocco Baldelli were rookies, and uh, and, and Lou was famous for saying, "Like, oh, they're doing pretty well here in the spring, but <laughs> well, let's see what happens when they get in those double and triple decker stadiums." Okay, let's see how they play in the in the triple deckers. <laughs> yeah, that's that would be pretty intimidating to me. I don't know, man. Hit a ball up there, and it's like, oh boy, <laughs> I don't. It's not the lights I'm losing it in, but uh, yeah. Right. That'd be something. You lose All right, well, three decks up, yeah. Check them out, uh, Tom Jones at pointer.org. And uh, appreciate you being with me, Tommy. Thanks. All right, talk to you next week. All right, for Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.